beautiful. You are listening to More Than a Crown, where you will learn, feel understood, and be encouraged alongside believer, child advocate, ice cream connoisseur, and former Miss USA, Sarah Rose Summers. guest today is an excellent representation of turning your current skill sets and passions into a career. But before her company came to fruition, she graduated from Lindenwood University, was a professional cheerleader for the St. Louis Rams, and has had a decorated pageant career as a two-time National American Miss National title holder, Miss Oklahoma Teen USA, and placing top 15 at Miss USA. Welcome to More Than a Crown, Taylor Gordon. I'm so happy to be here. That was quite the intro. Thank you for that. (laughs) Of course, you're so much more than that. And for those of you that are listeners, because you you follow me as Sarah Rose Summers, you know that Taylor has been one of my friends and sisters and mentors for over 10 years now. And we met through pageantry. Isn't that crazy? We did. We were namely. And I'm so thankful every day that Nam brought us, you know, made our paths cross and brought us together. And I think that this is just one of the most special friendships that I've really ever been able to be a part of. Had the blessing of being Yeah. That's one way to kick it off, huh? (laughs) Seriously. So that is also one way to show people that think pageantry is all about competition, that it's not. It's about that sisterhood as well. Sure. Something that, you know, I live by every day with my business is And I think that it's not at first, uh, by popular opinion, sometimes I get a little bit of an audible gasp when I say the first line. I actually don't believe in pageantry itself. I think that that's a gown, that's material, you know, that might be beauty. I believe in the process of pageantry and the process it promotes. And I think that this is just, you know, a sign of that process. We were able to meet each other and really gain true, real friendship through that. So Mm -hmm. that's the way I look at it. Amen. Okay. So I feel like we can get on so many rabbit holes and tangents, just you and I do anyway. So you mentioned that you like to say that within your business. So Mm -hmm. tell the listeners, what is your business? How did you determine that you wanted to utilize your natural giftings in order to create it? Um, Just tell them a little bit about it. Sure. So um, as you said, I graduated from Lindenwood University and I did not graduate um, with a business degree whatsoever. I graduated with a journalism degree and I have a real passion for journalism and communication and multimedia communication, all all things under that umbrella. Um, So I really actually thought that I was going to go into sports reporting and reporting in the NFL. And so that was the path until the St. Louis Rams became the Los Angeles Rams. And that dream was kind of flipped on its side because I do live in St. Louis. And um, in that moment, I knew that I had a real passion and a knack for empowering women and helping women find their purpose and their confidence. Um, So in that sort of turn of events, when the St. Louis Rams became the Los Angeles Rams and uh, my sports reporting career essentially was at a fork in the road, I decided why not turn something that I feel already called to on a daily basis in a male dominant environment um, with the women that I was working with at the St. Louis Rams. Why don't I turn that into a business? And I already had the backing of the pageant community. So that was really cool. So essentially my business started out as a passion project is what I like to call it. Um, Because like I said, I didn't have a business degree. I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, And now it's grown into, I now have 22 states. Um, that Pink Door is 
in proudly, you know, helping women pursue their dreams, find their purpose. And uh, yeah, here we are. It is so surreal to hear that it has come to life. And so share like how and when exactly did you start to monetize as, as a business as Pink Door Prep? So to be honest, like I said, um, early on in my business, I think I started with like 10 clients, to be honest. And, and those clients were essentially both friends and clients at the time that just needed my help. And so uh, it wasn't until probably about two years ago, um, I started in 2015, that I really decided to make this my full-time business, my full-time hustle and grind, um, and really pour into lives on a full-time basis. So two years ago was when I decided let's go and let's really hit the ground running. And it, well, probably about two and a half years ago, because I don't know if you remember uh, when you hit the Miss USA stage, I think you had a lot, you know, I was still kind of at that fork in the road. Again, it began as a passion project. I knew it had potential to become something real. And, and I was seeing that come to fruition. I was seeing um, sort of the gifts that God had planted in me, you know, planted those seeds. And I felt called to, you know, owning Pink Door and all of those things, I guess from a business side of things, I just didn't know how to really facilitate that. And so about, you know, from 2015, it was about 2017, 2018 that I really decided to like hit the ground running with it. And what's your advice for, because I feel like it can be a little awkward when you have clients that are friends. So how do you go about transforming that to a more of a client, you know, I need you to pay me because this is going to be my livelihood relationship. I feel like that can be really tricky. Sure. And well, as you know, I, I essentially sponsored you, but I did take on the role of your coach at the time and your mentor, not your best friend and not your friend. Um, and I think that that's really important, just knowing your role and knowing your responsibility in that role. Um, I think that most of my clients would probably, and I've heard this more often than not, consider me you know, a life coach of sorts. Um, I think that that I'm honored that they feel that way and that I'm able to impact their life or, or guide them in that way. And so I don't see it as, you know, I'm a very relational leader and I want to lead in that way, but I also know my responsibility in the role of a mentor. And so you do have to be relational, but also know that there's sometimes you have to rise above that narrative of, of just being a friend to that person and really maybe be stern or help guide them in specific ways that their life needs. And um, I believe that, like I said earlier, I felt called to, to this path and to pursue this. And I believe that each and every one of my clients are called to something. And so that's a responsibility I take very seriously. And, and hopefully I can be a voice, you know, in that kind of journey for them. And so that helps me pull away from, you know, just being their friend and, and being beyond that so that they can really reach their full potential. You know, that's always my hope at least. Absolutely. And you do that every single day. And as as a friend, I'm proud of you for doing that. So furthering off of that same question is, if somebody like slides into your DMs and is asking for advice, how do you go from, you know, giving little tidbits of advice to, okay, now you need to paint me and we need to set up a session? Oh, that's a good question. That's definitely so. By the way, I love that you said slide into my DMs. That makes me <laughs> me giggle. Um, it's so true. You know, and I do always want to help out. And I think that that's something you know about me and maybe even to a fault. Um, 
But also, you know, we were just talking with Connor about this earlier. I think it's really important to now recognize that I'm not just a journalist that owns a business. I'm a business owner. I'm the CEO essentially of Pink Door Prep. And that's not something that you know, I take lightly, I take a lot of pride in what I do and the advice that I'm able to give. And I think it's really finding the value of your advice. And yes, of course, if you have one simple request, I'm of of course happy to hopefully steer you in the right direction. Um, and, And that's always my ultimate goal. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, whether you're a business owner or, you know, whether you're on camera, just making sure that nobody's abusing your time and that you're valuing your own time and valuing your worth in that moment. Mm. Um, I think that that really helps me discern where to allocate myself and when to say like, okay, I'd love to book a session with you. Here are my rates. Um, and, and I do that fairly quickly now just because I know what I have to say um, is valuable. And I think that that's not pompous. That's not arrogant. Um, but I do think it's something that women, we we have by nature that tendency to discount what we offer, what we bring to the table. And if I'm going to preach about it, you know, on a daily basis to my clients about what they bring to the table, and, and we can hopefully talk about this in a little bit, but their five core assets, then I need to know the assets that I bring to the table as well and kind of practice what I preach essentially. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So with you being the owner and CEO of Pink Door Prep, for our listeners that are interested in starting their own business, it can be really overwhelming. A lot of questions can come into your brain. Are you your own LLC? Do I need a business credit card? Do I do this by myself? How do I do my taxes? (laughs) What's your advice for listeners that are just too overwhelmed by questions like this? And how, what made you just take that leap of faith into launching Pink Door Prep? Oh gosh. Um, you know, like I said earlier, it was a passion project. So I think getting into this, I thought, oh, well, this will be a great side hustle. Right. And, um, but for those of you listening and you are wanting to be an entrepreneur or a girl boss or whatever it is, you know, that you feel overwhelmed by my encouragement to you is baby steps. You know, you just have to put one foot in front of the other. Um, you're not going to guess what I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but you're not going to have all the answers at first. Um, I'm, I started in 2015. It's now 2020. So that's a whopping five years essentially in, like I said earlier, it wasn't until probably two years ago that I really decided to dive in as like this, my full-time business or my full-time job. But I will tell you that every single day I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm listening to those around me, I'm reading, absorbing information because you know, just because you own a business doesn't mean you have all the answers and you're never going to have all the the answers. We have access to more things like right now we're on a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have access to more mediums and more areas of growth than ever before. And there is one of my favorite sayings. Um, it's a book called 22 by Alison Trowbridge. I think I may have just butchered her name. So sorry if she, <laughs> I hope that she does listen to this because she's amazing. Um, but I'll I'll hopefully get your name right at some point. Um, One of the things she said is we were raised essentially by feminists, um, more more feminists than probably the generations before. So our mothers told us that we can be anything, right? And in that, we heard that we had to be everything. So that's something I've really taken to heart. You don't have to be everything 
pick one thing to be, if that's a girl boss or, you know, and be good at it. And so I think that that's sort of what I take into business is I don't have to be everything in this business. And you can enlist people like you ask about taxes or you ask about, guess what? It's okay to ask for help. And, you know, as Rachel Hollis, the author of Girl, Wash Your Face and Girl, Stop Apologizing said, you know, help is what you're going to need for growth right? So you are not the expert of everything and that's okay to admit to yourself, but you can be really great at owning your business if you enlist the right people. So if you're listening and you're overwhelmed, one, don't listen to your two fairy, which is the little, you know, nagging to you know, two fairy on your shoulder that's saying you're too uneducated or you're too unprepared or you're too this. That's not it. You are so worthy. If, if this is your dream, Take one foot, put it right in front of the other and get going, um, but also have grace with yourself and and allow yourself to realize that you're not going to be the expert of everything right away. Hmm. Or, I mean, it honestly feels like ever. I love that you said that we don't always have to have the answers right away and that Mm -mm. you can get into it. Also, I don't know that I've ever heard you say the tooth fairy thing before. (laughs) At first, I thought you cut out. I was like, are you talking about the tooth fairy right now? (laughs) No, also from the book 22. (laughs) Obviously, I feel like I am a hashtag influencer about the book 22 at this point, but um, I've given them quite a few shameless plugs. But she talked (laughs) about having your own little tooth fairy. So whatever those insecurities like too, you know, if you feel like you're too overweight, too uneducated, you know, too mm-hmm. unathletic, whatever the case may be, um, you know, too old to maybe start your dreams. I know I am not old by any means, but I am 28 years old and I feel like there's still so much dreaming that I have to do and so much cultivating of those dreams within this sort of pink door LLC and umbrella. And that's exciting. And I never want to tell myself that I'm too old or too young or you know, too female or too, you know, uneducated to pursue any of those things. So I would encourage everyone to silence their two fairy, to put one foot in front of the other and get going on their dreams. Amen. Thanks, Amen. Tay. Woo-woo. Are you going to so, use my two fairy? I love that you thought I was cutting out. It was so cute. I love it. Um, so what about... Other than, I feel like we have so many obstacles when it comes to conquering it. So there's lots of questions like how do you deal with your finances, et cetera. But what about naysayers? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's not just before you launch your business. That can be during. That can be a couple years into it. How do you respond to people who don't believe in you or maybe they think your idea is silly? How have you persevered through that? I'll never forget, and I think this is probably advice that – you know, many girls or young girls, young women get when they're in middle school or high school. And um, my mom once told me that, you know, sort of the naysayers in high school, the girls that were around me that might have not been of great influence or might have been, as we say, haters, you know, um, (laughs) she said that that doesn't ever really stop. And so in that moment in high school, I kind of decided to have tunnel vision when it came to my dreams. And I think that in a certain respect, it's never good to be narrow-minded, but it is great to have tunnel vision and to put your blinders up, right? And and to not listen to the people that aren't there to encourage you. There's always like, you know, constructive criticism. Maybe that like there's things that I'm working on currently and I've ran up by a few people and there's elements of sort of the scheme that I'm working on or the um, the project that I'm working on, I guess scheme isn't the right word, um, the project that I'm working on that 
aren't really realistic or the the logistics are going to be hard to like carry out. And so that was good constructive criticism that I received back from those people saying, we probably need to tweak this area for it to be something that's feasible and that you can act a product that you can actually put into the world. Right. I think keep those people in your corner. Don't be so narrow-minded to um, totally isolate yourself. But if if there are people that are naysayers, which it happens, right? There are people, quite frankly, that don't believe in the tactics that I bring to the table or you know the tips that I might have. And I respect that, honestly. I think that it's different for everyone. Everyone learns differently. Um, things that people latch onto might not be the things that help other people. So I'm okay with, you know, people not necessarily seeing eye to eye with my tactics and, and therefore me not being their coach or, you know, their mentor, that's okay. But if they're full on naysayers that are just there to, you know, provide criticism or, you know, tell you that you're unworthy or this or that, then I say to you, just blinders, babe, because you deserve it. Um, you definitely need to just put those up and remind yourself that you are worthy of dreaming. And in fact, you are called to dream and not just little baby dreams. Like our, our God called us to dream big, you guys. And so I think that those naysayers are literally put there to be obstacles and you are so beyond um, allowing them to do that. So hush those naysayers. Yes, queen. And I yes, think yes. it's it's easy to say now when we're older and looking back at mm-hmm. our, you know, junior high high school selves that we're dealing for dealing with haters for the first time, it's easy to say, "Oh, okay, put your blinders on." But I think it's obviously so much harder in the moment when you're truly dealing with that or you're Absolutely. being left by who you thought were friends for the first time. So I think one topic I'd love to just chat through with you because you are such a good friend is let's say it was me. Say I wanted to start this podcast and I had one of my best friends. We'll use Nicole, for example, just because this is funny. So who ended up being my maid of honor. Yeah. So say Nicole sat me down and was like, Sarah, this is a silly idea. This is a waste of your time. How do you deal with it if it's one of your dearest friends? Also, guys, this did not actually happen. All my friends are super supportive. I choose to surround myself by those people, but that's exactly what I want to talk about. Yes. Um, a great way to pitch that, by the way. And Nicole, we love you. Um, and we I know for a fact that you would never, never, ever do that. I think I saw her loving Disneyland with you like it was, you know, her first time ever. Like I think she's <laughs> probably one of your biggest cheerleaders and supporters. And I love being able to see that. And I guess that's exactly, you know, um, John, my boyfriend, his little niece is having trouble with girls at school and she doesn't have a ton of extracurricular activities or a ton of community outside of her middle school. And that's honestly something I encouraged her to do. I, I, she's doing NAM this summer and I encourage her to find her outlets, um, because girls I lived in a small town. I literally lived in a two-stoplight town in Oklahoma, which there is nothing wrong with that. And I hold great pride for from being, you know, from Glenpool, Oklahoma. But at the end of the day, sometimes when you see the same faces, um, girls can be mean and girls can decide one day that they don't like you. And it was really great to have and to build a community like, you know, for instance, my friendship with you. Um I think that it's great to have community maybe outside um, and have whether it's your soccer team or this or that, build friendships like you said, one, that 
you know, even if they're going to give criticism, it's because it is fully out of love and straight from the heart. And, and maybe they just need to like voice that to get that off of their chest and off of their heart. Um, and we can respect that, right? A, a differences of opinion. But if it's flat out just to keep you um, from your dreams or keep you from elevating yourself and self-growth, then obviously that's a friendship that you need to one, detach yourself from. And I would just encourage you, like you said, and actually your bachelorette party was and your you know wedding party in general was such a great example of like how you can have community from all walks of life, all transitional periods of your life, right? You had your friends from TCU, you had, you know, your friends from all over. And and I have the same, I have my girlfriends from high school. I have my girlfriends from when I cheered in Rams or when I worked with the Rams and, and so on and so forth and pageantry. And I think it's, you know, picking and choosing those that you surround yourself with wisely because you do have a choice um, and putting yourself out there in communities that are uplifting and seek to encourage and empower you. And I hope that if you can't find that, this is not a shameless plug or a pitch, you know, for my business, but I hope that I can be that for my clients, even if they don't find that within their various realms. I hope that I can just be that voice of encouragement and that little nudge when you need it. So find those people and, and, you know, keep them in your corner. Mm, Amen. And I think who you have, you know, we all hear the phrase birds of a feather flock together. Mm -hmm. And so who you surround yourself with is also a reflection of you or who you're going to be. So I know I, for example, Taylor was the teen when I was the junior teen for NAM. And so she was older than me, more successful. So that's who I wanted to be like. So I surrounded myself with her and basically made her be my friend. (laughs) So that's how I um, look at friendships as well. I like how you think of it though. I'm actually looking for, um, there is a really cool little exercise again in the, in the book that I'm reading called 22. And it's basically write out your five people, right? Your tribe, right? Five people that you doesn't have to be younger than you, older than you, the same age as you, um, five people that you just admire for whatever reason. Um, and then once you've, have those people down. Sarah, you're actually one of mine. And my mom is one of mine as well. I just have a lot of incredible women in my life. It was hard to pick just five, to be honest. Um, But what you'll find is that once you write their names down, then write the traits about them that you admire. Um, And you'll find that you have mentorship all around you. And mentorship does not mean that the person has to be older than you. Um, I learn from you all the time, Sarah, and and you're younger than me. And I, I love that you can find mentorship in just a variety of different ways and know why you admire somebody and why that friendship is valuable to you. Um, because that honestly is such a reflection of what you need in your life and sort of that void that God might be um, filling for you by bringing that person in. So I would encourage you to do that and do that exercise, Mm -hmm. write that down and write down, you know, what those people possess that just really draw you to them. Oh, Tay, thank you. That's awesome. I I feel like that would be hard for me to do. It is tough and you get emotional. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So surrounding yourself with those people and determining the factors that you admire about them, how do you think that plays into how you develop your personal brand? And 
um, just off of that, what have what all has gone into you developing your personal brand? Well, it's just that, right? Um, actually, you cut out at the beginning of the question, but I did hear the end where it said, "What you know? What makes you?" build your personal brand or can you repeat that question? Actually, let's just start over. Yeah, of course. So with, okay. So after writing down everything that you admire about those five sweet souls and keeping in mind that birds of a feather flock together, how do you think that those friendships play into who you end up becoming or how you decide to transform your personal brand? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say this. Um, my brand was built, you know, solely at the beginning based on referrals from essentially my tribe, like people that believed in me and believed in what I had to offer. You included, Sarah. I've sent so many people my way. And I think that those people, you know, when you invest in somebody and you know why you admire somebody, there's there is a level of respect there that's just really beautiful. And that's a two-way street. And I think that when you're building a business and you have those kind of people in your life, ultimately that directly feeds in. It's it's not mutually exclusive to have a personal life and have a business, or it can be, I guess. But for me, those the lines definitely merge um, because it is my personal brand, as you said earlier on. And and I think that having a personal brand is just that bringing in those influences, you know, that have made you who you are. Um, and those inherently have sent me a ton of clients, which I'm so grateful for, but also finding what your niche is and, and what you bring to this world. If you're called to do something, then that means you're called to create it in your own right. So I wouldn't say there's a template, you know, when you asked me earlier about what, what it looks like to start a business. There's no real template or guide um, because it is a personal brand and you should be able to implement and insert who you are into it. And that's what I love to do. I mean, Pink Door is the name of my brand, right? Um, But I just did a photo shoot, sort of a branding shoot. And I didn't want to just go all girly hot pink. I went neutral pinks, like lighter tones, sort of more my style and how I wanted to project my business and myself to the rest of the world. So I think it's always, yes, there's this, uh, you know, part of life where we push, we push, we push. And I think you have to pull away enough to ask what personal attributes or what personal things am I bringing to this that are really, you know, elevating my brand. That's so awesome. Um, when it comes to, you know, determining and solidifying your personal brand and then bringing that into your business's brand, a lot of right now, obviously, at the forefront of our minds is social media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how are you tackling social? I know you just mentioned the adorable photo shoot you just Thank said. Thank you. Shout uh, out to Travis. Who is it? Trina Travis, she is an incredible photographer that I happened to meet on a red-eye flight, actually back from your bachelorette party, back from LA. Yes. And she is a incredible woman of faith, but just a visionary. I mean, she's incredible. And so she just happens to live six minutes down the street from me. We teamed up and um, made sort of my brand and my vision come to life. But to answer your question about social media. um, How do you tackle it? How do you do it all? Well, that's just it. You don't have to do it all. You need to definitely allocate your time wisely. And, you know, with the growth that I've experienced, sometimes I'm on sessions, you know, granted, I do give myself clearly um, a break in the morning to have my breakfast, read my Bible or read my book. Um, 
you know, have a lunch break, but sometimes it's seven, you know, AM, 7.30 AM to 8 PM at night. And sometimes that means that there's only time for me to spend time with those that I love. And that may not include screen time, right? So I think that it's about planning ahead. It's about having a vision, what you want to put out into the world. Yes, allow posts to happen organically too, you know, as they come along throughout the day. If if I'm thinking of a question that I might want to put up on social media and, and get feedback on, of course, I'm going to act organically and react to that. Um, but for the most part, I think when you're owning a business, know how to allocate your time wisely, especially with social media, maybe set aside after you've you know had your hour of me time in the morning, which is really important for me. Um, maybe after you've had that set aside 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the afternoon to maybe respond. And if you don't get respond to DMs, you know, people sliding into my DMs, as you said earlier, um, <laughs> but respond to those or post a picture. I'll be honest, posting is where I probably lack the most because I'm trying to um, be what I need to be for the growth that I'm experiencing right now. And so that is sort of my goal projecting to 2020 as we're here right now to really be better and more mindful and intentional about posting more often because there there is a following on social media and I think it's so wise, you know, as entrepreneurs to tap into that. I've just been sort of locked into the here and now, you know, as I've experienced crazy growth, but that's my goal in 2020 to be better at social media. Heck you yeah. Know? I'm excited to help you do yes, it. Yes, please. You heard <laughs> it here first. Seriously. Um, so I, I mean, you kind of already kind of went into that next question I had for you is oh, what are you praying for your 2020 to look like? So I'm excited for you for that, for social. Yeah. Because it is, it's such a powerful marketing tool that's at our fingertips and you don't necessarily have to hire someone to do it. Um, and I feel like so much of your target demographic is on Instagram. So that's why I'm I'm a big believer. You got to do it and I'll totally help you however I can. <laughs> oh, I remember earlier when I was talking about enlisting help. Listen, yes. I don't want to just hire anybody or I don't want to just, not that I don't think that people are capable, right? But I think when it's your personal brand, it's your baby. And so I will totally take you up on that offer um, because I know that you are just as, as invested in my brand as I am, you know? right. That's right, girl. And so yeah, you're going to probably regret saying that, but I am bringing you on board. <laughs> no, Social no media regret. strategist, Sarah Summers. Yeah, really. So speaking of social media and business and everything, what do you want our non-pageant listeners to take away from this? I know you already mentioned you're more than a pageant coach. You're A lot of us refer to you as a life coach and that friend, that encourager. But is there anything else specifically that you really want these people to take away and maybe even put the note in their iPhone right now? Yeah. And I think that this podcast interview is so applicable to, to answer that question because if you listen back, yes, we talked about how we gained friendships through pageantry and, you know, different areas maybe of pageantry, but for the most part, we've talked about things that are just applicable to life, right? And I think it's really important to recognize that, you know, sort of the world is your stage. So whether you are actually competing in a pageant or not, being able to communicate effectively, being able to figure out your core assets, your core story, you know, I believe that you're the expert of your experiences, right? And that's something that I teach, you know, whether you own a brand and I'm working with you or whether you're a pageant contestant, my message doesn't really differ. I think that it's just important to have those core values and to take away that like, 
you don't have to be a pageant contestant to hold yourself incredibly well throughout life and and to be able to daily set new goals, whether that's physical fitness, you know, or making that a lifestyle or trying to enhance your communication skills. Those are things you do every day. Yes, we kind of condense it down to what what we do on a pageant stage, but honestly, it is so applicable throughout life. So if you're thinking this is a pageant podcast, please like turn that idea off in your brain because it is a life podcast. It is about improving yourself. And that's why, like I said earlier, I don't necessarily believe in just pageantry itself. I believe in the process that it promotes, right? And so um, think of yourself as the queen of your everyday, right? And you are reigning, sister. So make sure that you're setting goals on not being perfect because perfect isn't lovable or likable. And quite frankly, it's unrealistic, but definitely make sure that you're setting goals in sort of the arenas of that pageantry presents, because I promise you will promote a process in your life that will make you better and that will really help you grow as a person. So that's what I want y'all non-pageant queens out there to uh, take from this. Those were so many so many quotable moments right there that I can make into just like beautiful graphics for oh, social that I can use. Pinterest, I and you can use it for yourself on your yes. social. <laughs> yes, because oh, obviously, goodness. like we said earlier, I just hired Sarah Summer. She is on the payroll. Um, she oh is my, my act- first actual employee. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, with all of that, One of the things that I am so thankful that you helped me do is I really came to you before Miss USA and I was like, all right, I know you too well to work on certain things with you. Like I can't answer. I just have this thing. I can't practice pageant questions or interview or on stage with someone I know super well. So Taylor and I really talked through them. I couldn't really do the mock thing with her. I couldn't take it seriously. That's a problem I have. But Mm -hmm. I came to you straight up saying, all right, my where I lack confidence the most is with my walk. I don't feel like I am a Miss USA, Miss Universe walk. I need your help. But what it really came down to is that confidence piece. So How important is confidence to you and how do you instill it in your clients? I think confidence is the foundation of everything you do. Um, But I'm going to take it a step further and you're like, oh, great. Something more to, you know, try to work on, right? We always say like, you need to elevate your confidence or you need to be more confident. This is not a message of elevating. This is a message and I'm not trying to be a Pinterest quote here either or cheesy or cliche, but forgive me, it's going to be a little bit for a second. Um, I really believe it's all about knowing you, right? So um, in terms of that, it's just about dipping into that core confidence and knowing what makes like, for instance, your body type, Sarah, is a little bit more athletic and muscular. So we had, remember when we addressed the facts, right? Of sort of your walk and why you might feel a certain way and what might feed into you know, certain insecurities specifically with your walk, not anything beyond that. And we address those and, you know, we made your walk tailored specifically to you. So it's about knowing you. I'm all about speaking in your facts and your truth, not those two fairy lies that, you know, you're too athletically built or whatever that is. That's not the case because obviously you took that beautiful body on that stage and you worked it, um, but you did it by stepping into your truth and your facts. And really at that point, I go beyond core confidence and beyond what it means to be confident. And I call that ownership. 
because I think ownership is the, you know, the step beyond where you're really just like, this is who I am. This is what I bring to the table. And this is how I'm going to work what I have. Right. And that's exactly, hopefully what you took away from our modeling sessions, our very detailed, interesting modeling. (laughs) I was about to say, I took that away along with all of the other little things. (laughs) So many, so many little reminders to give yourself. It really is like a sport for those of you who think that we're ridiculous, but oh my goodness. That's okay. You can, we are, you know, I am so extra. I am so detail oriented. And when you talked earlier about the naysayers, I think that that's why I'm okay with it. I've stepped into that. My truth of like, y'all, I am extra. I am detailed and I can't go, I can't lay my head down on my pillow at night. If I don't, and you know, this all too well, if I don't say what I see, you know, if I'm like, oh, girl, you need to go one foot in front of the other right there. Like you were about, you know, foot side to side. If I don't say that, I cannot sleep at night. So that's why when there's a naysayer, or if I'm not for somebody as a coach, that's okay. Because I have stepped into my truth of what I know and what I have to say and bring to the table. Um, and that helps me kind of step into my confidence as a coach. Absolutely. And I think that's why you're so good. Like if if I went to you and I was, let's just continue to use that example, walking side to side and not one foot in front of the other, and you didn't say something and you just kind of cheered me on like as a hype woman, mm-hmm. that's not what I needed. I wanted to be transformed. I didn't want to be solely encouraged. And that being said, I think there's a lot of different teachers. There are a lot of different coaches and there's different leadership styles. So there are some coaches that will pretty much solely encourage to try to boost that confidence. There are some that are more detail oriented and there are some that, um, can be the more competitive side. Like I know that before I went to Miss Universe, I had people telling me, okay, well, there are other countries that have already done X, Y, and Z. And so we need to get on it. To me, that is not encouraged. That is not inspiring. Um, that type of coach might work for a more competitive spirit, but for me, that just made me feel depleted. So I would encourage you guys to, if you're looking into mentorship or coaching figure out what your personality and your style is. And for me, that was Tay. And I always encourage pretty much everyone to go see her. But um, so I know earlier you had said that looking into 2020, you're wanting to do more social, but what overall are you praying that 2020 brings for you? I think as a business owner and as somebody who, again, did not think, you know, in 2015 that this would be essentially the path that I was going to take, right? Um, I think the biggest thing, I didn't know that I was going to experience this much growth and that is such a blessing. But the busyness of it all, and I kind of sometimes call myself a one-woman circus um, because that's what it is behind the scenes. You know, you're scheduling, you're, you're doing all of that. There's something really beautiful that my pastor said, and this is what I'm really taking into 2020 outside of, you know, obviously trying to make some gains on that social, which you're going to help me with. Um, My pastor said, when we're looking at the gap, which, you know, that could be, um, I have to schedule or, you know, I'm not effective enough in this area or whatever your gap is, or I don't have this yet, right? 
maybe it's, I need a new computer and, you know, that's going to help with sessions or whatever the, the gap in your business or in your life is. It's really easy when you're busy to focus on the gap and focus on what you need and what you don't have. Um, and the beauty of sort of focusing on the gift instead of the gap is something that I'm going to bring into 2020 and that I've already really tried to, as a business, not focus on so much growth because I'm already inherently growing. And that's amazing. And I'm so blessed to be able to say that on a daily basis, I'm getting inquiries and people reaching out to me about, you know, how can they work with me? That is such a blessing, but that can also add to the busyness of life. And so I think because growth is happening and is happening, my, I just want to focus on that gift, you know, and I just want to allow all of that to just happen organically and bring what I've been called to do to the table in the process and just focus on how blessed I truly am, um, in this walk. Mm, Heck yeah. I love how you are such a example of how you bring your faith into it all and reflection and you are really beautiful at that. And I think that goes back to how you spend that morning time for yourself. I know sometimes for me, I'm like, Oh, okay. Alone time. That's like my phone, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it's, it's finding ways that fill your cup and having that time of reflection. And you do that so beautifully. So before we go, um, for any new listeners here that maybe came because Taylor was on, welcome to More Than a Crown. The reason the podcast is called More Than a Crown is because at the end of my year as Miss USA, I had grown such a following, such an audience, and I wanted to continue to inspire you guys and encourage you any way that I can, rather than just through Instagram, through a photo or through a caption. I think the stories and hearing other people's wisdom from their lives is one thing that I'm passionate about interviewing people, but to be able to share it with you. So I was more than that one big goal of being Miss USA because that goal came and it went and I was only 25 years old. And so there's so much more left in my life. And so one question I love to ask Taylor, all of my interviewees is what are you more than like when you're laying your head down here in 2020, what are you reminding yourself daily that you're more than either a great thing or a negative thing? Yeah, I think that there's, oh, wow. I mean, there's so many different directions. I feel like, again, going into a new year, your mind is just cluttered with all of the opportunities, right? Um, and I guess maybe I would just say that I'm more than any one goal or opportunity. I have the ability to, you know, be fueled by forward thinking and by, you know, goal setting. But I think that it's really important not to find your identity in, any one thing outside of um, who you are, and in my opinion, um, and in my walk in Christ. And so um, I really try to be humbled and, and revisit that and come back to the fact that my truth and where my identity is, and it's not attached to any one goal or any one opportunity that might come my way. Again, like I said in the last question or the last answer, um, I'm used to, by the way, I'm used to being the reporter here. So uh, <laughs> it's weird being on the other end of it. That's for sure. But I love it. I, I think that I could get used to this, but I do think that it's just really important not to find your identity linked to any one piece of success, right? Because you're go- like, you know, um, I think that that's 
that's where we have a really hard time continuing growth and continuing to transition beyond that milestone moment that we had, right? Like who knows what 2020 is going to bring? Hopefully tons of success and opportunities. I know that it will be filled with goal setting because that's just who I am as a person. But when I start to find my identity in that, I guess I'm just more than that. And I think that that's really important to just remind yourself to find true joy and fulfillment, which you all deserve. If if you're listening to this, I hope that this is you're on your journey or you've already found it true joy and fulfillment and, and aren't sinking your identity into any one opportunity that might or might not come your way. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has been so fun Yay! and I loved our little hour long catch up before this uh, as well. Yes. I don't know for you guys listening, but we're both like Taylor said, the one man circus, uh, the traveling has been so crazy on mine and Connor's end. And so it was sweet to be able to catch up real briefly and then get to share some of what I love so much about you with our listeners is just fills my cup. So thank you so much for coming on and taking the time. I really appreciate it. Tell John and the puppies I say hi. But before we go, I know we've talked up the social at this point, so you've like really got to do it. So where should they continue to follow you, either your personal or your business? And then for those of them that are interested in working with you, what's the best way to contact? Is it your DMs like we mentioned or is it to email you? Sure. Um, I mean, I really keep sort of all mediums of contact fairly open. Um, I do kind of disconnect at certain points of my day. So if I don't get back to you right away, you already heard that I kind of allot certain times to respond. Find me at at Pink Door Prep on Instagram or at Taylor Gorton on Instagram. That's my personal page. Um, I'd love to see you guys on both, obviously. Um, and let's journey together. I think that's really exciting. And that's what this is all about. If we aren't journeying together, and if you want to journey with me, by the way, for training, then go ahead and either drop me a DM or email me at pinkdoorprep at gmail.com. Very original. I know we're working on that. And I think it's that's good marketing. Yes, we're working on it. I've got the domain already, so it'll be taylor at pinkdoorprep.com pretty soon, but we're not quite there yet. So for all you people that are still wondering um, how to run your business, again, remember that baby steps thing? That That's proof of it. So there you go. But yes, please reach out to me with any questions you may have. And even if this encouraged you in any way, I love to hear that because it fills my cup and it keeps me going and makes my job so rewarding. And I know Sarah feels the same way. So let us know, guys, if you enjoyed this and if it helped you in any way and just encouraged you. That's that's my whole hope. Heck yeah. Thank you, Taylor. I love you so much. And love listeners, you. I don't know whether you're listening to this at the gym or on your commute, but when you see someone today, give them a smile because you never know what they may be going through. Amen.